I don't have a lot for you today, but I kind of say that a lot. But I really just want to get into some of the uncertainty, the fears, the lack, the doubt that we tend to have, which keeps us immobile from doing things that we want to do or that God has for us to do. So, Brother Gerald, you can put up the title. Let's just get right into it. Um, I don't know. And that's not easy for a lot of us to admit when it comes to certain circumstances because based on who comes to us, we want to be able to tell you something positive something uplifting that would make you feel comfortable about what you didn't know because we know but what happens when I don't know when you don't know and now I have to look at you and tell you something that I do know that has nothing to do with that which I don't know to make you feel good about coming to me what about I don't know so we're going to go there we're going to the mountaintop but we have to work our way up there let's be honest we get happy we get excited all the time about anything that's why we do a lot of the things we do but let's be honest at the end of the day when no one's around sometimes we just don't know father God in the name of Jesus we give you glory and honor and praise because we know we don't always know but we know you do and we also know that even though you do you don't always tell us what you know but we have faith in spite of that because we trust the process father God you are the process that we trust and we believe in the name of Jesus that no matter what that we will get through everything we have to get through because you know that which we don't so father God we give you glory we give you honor and we give you praise father God let everybody in here under the sound of my voice have receiving hearts and receptive spirits to take what you've given me to tell them on this day outside of this place and to think about it think about it and then to figure out what to do when you're done thinking because father we don't always know but we know you know so father we give you glory we give you praise and honor in the precious name of Jesus Christ we pray let the well church say amen this is probably one of the more difficult sermons for me to speak about because oftentimes when I'm preparing I prepare in a way that says well when I get to this point they're gonna get excited and they're gonna get happy and they're gonna start clapping and they're gonna stand up but I don't know if that's going to be the case today.
but I felt in my heart that this was something to talk about. But I never give just gloom and doom without inspiration. I think that that comes from the the head of the church, our pastor. We can talk about realness, but we have to have answers and solutions and inspiration in the process. In these certain times we live in, I don't know is a phrase used more and more often, which subconsciously draws fear and doubt within us. Basically, the more you have to say, I don't know, the more you begin to fear, or sorry, feel fear and doubt. Because if you think about it, what you do know brings what? Confidence. I can answer the question, I can do the job, I can do this and that because of what I know. When you don't know, it brings a sense of fear or it brings a sense of lack or uncertainty about yourself and what you have to do because you don't have the answer. Saying I don't know makes us more unstable and unfortunately more immobile. Because how do I know what to do when and how to do it if I don't know what to do? So you're boxed in in a situation where I don't know how to do what I should be doing and I don't know what to tell you what to do, what you should be doing. So now I'm feeling insecure within myself because not only can I not give you the answer, I don't have the answer for myself. But the thing I like about God is that he always makes a way in his time, not ours, all the time. And so it begs the question, well, God, what were you waiting for? Why did you let me not know for such a long period of time when you knew all along? Well, the question gets reversed back to you because if someone knew all along, the question becomes, why didn't they feel comfortable in telling you? And so when I thought about that, I said to myself, well, that's difficult. Because what about me made you not feel comfortable in telling me what I didn't know? But sometimes, saints of God, giving you information that you're not ready for can make put you in a worse position than you're already in, even though you think that position is bad. Yes? Giving you something that you're not ready for can make you make decisions that will further your state in a worse position than you're already in. Sometimes I feel like God likes our deficiencies because that's where he can be more efficient in us. You ever notice how a person is blind, 
but they can smell real good. Or a person can't see that good, but they have sonar radar listening. When one of your attributes becomes deficient, the other one becomes more powerful. Why? Because God sees that you were focusing on the thing that you like, that you're good at, but not focusing on some of the other attributes that God has in you. So he takes one away to make one more greater. I feel like sometimes God wants us to focus on what we know and not what we don't know. I want to talk real quick. This isn't in my sermon, but this happened to me. And Sister Norell's probably laughing right now because she knew this was coming. So, not yesterday, but last Saturday, we decided we were going to have an outing. And I think it was a while ago that I brought this up, but she knew about it. I never been there, but she had been there as a child. So last Saturday, I decided, hey, why don't we go to the Princeton farm, Farmer's Market? It's an Amish market. Anybody familiar with that? Yeah, I didn't know that many black people knew that. <laughs> Found that out when I got there, but I didn't know we was doing that. But I'm proud of us for doing that because the food is fresh the people are nice, the service is good, and we can support people who are not like us just because we don't know. This is going to get a little different, but y'all know y'all reverend. So last Saturday, we go there. So let me preempt this and give you some background. Outside of work and church, right, the people that I know, I'm not a, I'm not a peoply, peoply, talkity, talkity kind of person. Do you follow me? Okay, so that's just me, right? Sister Norell is different. She's more of that than I am. So when I go out besides work in church, I'm usually very, for lack of better words, a bummy right I, I just throw on anything I kind of put my do-rag on you know how the Hollywood stars they don't want to be seen so they put their hats on low and they put on sunglasses I will go into Walmart and I won't take my sunglasses off I'm just telling you me right so so to, to put the backdrop to the story. So we go to the Princeton Amish Farmer's Market last Saturday, and I had a great experience. However, somebody noticed me. Now, the individual kind of tapped me and said, hey, Minister Bazemore, and right away, I'm like, I don't know you. I didn't know that I didn't know them. I just thought to think I don't know you. So when I looked at the individual, and my wife is so good because she knows I'm like this. So right away, she starts trying to take control of whatever I got involved in because she knows how I'm going to be. 
So when I don't know or I'm acting like I don't know, she acts like she knows. So she kind of like, hey, how you doing, sister? Good to see you. Ain't seen you in a while. So as she's talking to her, I'm looking at her and then I realize I do know you. But I don't know you, know you. But I know you. But because of how I know you, I know you know me. So what I realized is I spoke at your church on a couple of occasions. And that's how you know me. So it was fine. She was like, yeah, I come here. She said, I haven't been here in a while, but I used to come here every Saturday. So she's like, fine, good to see you guys again. She walks away. And all I could think was, well, I'm never coming here again on a Saturday. That's what I'm thinking. Fine and dandy. Again, like I said, that store is great. The food, the service, the people, we're in and we're out because that's what I do. I don't spend time looking like, oh, this is on sale for $4.99. I don't do that. I don't really care how much it costs. I want it. I'm buying it. I'm out. (laughs) The problem is we went yesterday. So we went last Saturday, and then we went this past Saturday. So we go into the store, and I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to run into somebody that knows me the second weekend in a row. We walk in the store. Not only do I run into one person who knows me, we ran into two sets of people who were familiar with both of us when we first got there and we left. Now, the difference between the two sets of people was that the first set of people were like, hey, Rev, good to see you. And they attend the well. We haven't been in a while, but we do frequent. And I started looking at them like, yeah, I remember. Da, 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 da. And they were like, well, have a good day. Bless. You know, hope you get whatever, whatever. And they left. And I was thinking like, that's how I wanted to be when I don't know you. And they did it, and it was like, great. The second set of people. So they were attending to what they were attending to, and they were at the register, so their backs were to us. So they couldn't see us. So they were paying for what they were paying for, and then we were behind them, and then they turned around, and they started looking around, which is weird for me, because when I'm done, I'm not looking around, I'm looking at the exit, like, the book of Exodus. So they turn around and they start looking and they're like, I feel like we know them. So the husband comes up to me and he says, hey, don't you live in North Brunswick? Okay. You want to know. Because I do live in North Brunswick. So you know something and then he goes um and don't you have a son that used to play recreational sports like rec basketball okay you two and all you you know something this this is not a i don't know situation because you know something so i realized to myself that i gotta talk to you because you know But at the same point in time, my personality is like this. Cool. You know. 
but I'm not helping you. I'm not carrying this conversation. <laughs> Y'all know me. Come on. If, you, if, you, if there's any visitors who don't mean you're going to know and understand me by the end of this sermon. If you don't remember, I don't know. And I take that mentality on how I deal with people. So she, once again, Sister Narelle knows that she kind of takes over the thing and da da da. She's like, "Yeah, you know, our son he played basketball and da 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 da." And we were talking things of that nature, but I didn't remember. So they kept trying to get me to remember. Like, you remember this person? You remember that person? And I just had to be honest. I said, "To be honest with you, I don't remember, and I'm not trying to remember." So whatever you say, if you got facts, I believe you. So when I don't know something or someone, but they have facts, you should believe them. Because I don't always know everything that I'm dealing with, everything that everybody's saying, but I know that when I don't know something, I know to trust the facts. I know to trust the process. And that's all I really want to deal with today in talking to you. You might know something, you might not. But if you know the facts of the situation, if you know what's around the situation, if you understand the process, if you know someone who's been through the process, don't use I don't know as an excuse not to do something. But if you trust somebody who does know, therefore, you know, you got to have faith enough in your heart to know that, hey, I'm not sure about this situation. I'm not sure about this process. I'm not even sure about this person. But this person who I trust and know told me that they're okay, so I might as well do it or try it out myself. And that's what I want to talk about today to you. I might not know, but I'm going to trust the process. Let's put up the first scripture, Gerald. So we're going to deal with someone who didn't know. And as we read the scripture, you may look at him as an enemy of God, an enemy of God's people, and maybe he was, but he didn't know. So let's see how he handled it. After this presentation to Israel leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. They told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. Pharaoh retorted, is that so? And who is this Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. With so much stuff that we don't know we have to deal with, what is the bridge between what we don't know and what we do know? That's what I want to focus on today. The bridge between what we don't know and what we do know is faith. Faith 
is how you get there. Wondering who's going to help you, wondering how much money you have, wondering where mommy and daddy's going to help me out, that's not it. It might be it for the temporary time, but it's not for the long term. The bridge between what you don't know and what you do know is faith. Faith says this, I don't really have any evidence. I don't really have any witnesses. I don't really have anything to make me do that which I don't know, but I'm going to do it based on which I do know. I remember pastor preached a sermon. He's preached it many times. And in this part in the Old Testament, it says, think about it. It was like, remember. So remember what happened before and God brought you through. So remember, it's going to happen again for that thing that you don't know. Don't let not knowing keep you put in a position where you can't move. Don't let not knowing make you not do something that you think you should do. You should pray about it. You should fast about it. You should talk to people that you do know about it. But just because we don't know is not a reason not to do something. We don't know if we're going to get a job. We don't know if we're going to get married. We don't know if we're financially stable. We don't know if we're going to be healthy. But we still have to walk and talk by faith. There's versions of I don't know. There's simple ones like, hey, do you, have you seen, making up a name, have you seen little Jimmy? And you'll say, hmm, no, I, I, don't, I don't know where he is. I haven't, I haven't seen him. It's a very simple, innocent, I don't know. Then there's the I don't know of how I was at the farmer's market. Mm, I don't know. But then there's this I don't know. So I was in my early 20s, and some of the people I used to work with started to get the idea like, hey, you, you kind of like are religious, like you know stuff, like you're philosophical, like da-da-da. So one, one of my coworkers, he just asked me just flat out, he said, hey, you know, I don't understand, like, why can't we see God? Why ain't he more visible? And I looked at him just like this and said these exact words. I don't know. And, I, and, and then I went on to be like, I don't know what God is doing. I can't answer that question. But I tell you what I do know, that we walk by faith and not by sight. I tell you what I do know to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not into my own understanding. And I also know from a personal experience that no matter what wretchedness that Reverend Baysmore produces, because I do, faith, mercy, grace, and favor follows me withereth thou goest. So I can't tell you about what I don't know, but I can tell you about what I do know. And what I do know that God is a God of second chances. God is a faithful God. God is a God that wants you. God is a God that wants you to try harder. God is a God that wants you to be more. He knows you don't know. He wants you not to know so that he can reveal to you what you don't know in his time. I don't know. 
but I'm so glad he does. I want to take a sidebar real quick. Um, I, as I was preparing this, I felt this in my spirit. And I was like, well, this doesn't really have nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But it felt like the Holy Spirit was like, nah, you need to mention it. So there's a lot of talk about, so there's been a lot of talk about physical abuse to people. Now we're talking about mental illness. But I want to go into emotional illness. Feeling happy too quick. Feeling excited too fast. Feeling passionate about everything that gets you jumping in your seat. Saints, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is the results don't look that good. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with us doing that, but I'm looking at the results and they don't look that good. We have to be cognizant of our emotional healthiness. How fast we grab onto something, how fast we start loving something, how fast we start wanting something, how fast we start needing something. How has it worked out for us? The Bible talks about being slow to speak and quick to listen. That deals with our emotional healthiness. If we listen more than become emotional about what we're hearing, we'll probably find the kink in the armor. At least quicker than we would if we just get excited about whatever someone is saying or doing. We can't get around the fact that we have a heart and a mind. And God wants us working both of them equally. Not one more than the other, but using them equally. And then also knowing after you get the knowledge of using them equally, knowing which one to use at the right time. There's sometimes it's not about the brain. It's about the heart. I, I, I'll drop you off. I don't got to think about that. You need a ride. I'm going to drop you off. Then there's the brain, whereas I shouldn't even take this call. So therefore, I shouldn't drop you off because you're toxic for me. But knowing when the brain is to be used and knowing when the heart is to be used is critical in our emotional healthiness. We got to work on our mental health. We should not be accepting any physical abuse in our physical health, but emotional health is also important because we get happy or we get overly angry about stuff that we should be thinking about. So I just wanted to put that out there, like emotional health is equally important as mental health. Do you all agree? 
Give God some praise. And I told y'all I wasn't going to be long before you. So let's go to the, uh, the second or the last scripture. Um, we should be coming from Luke 26 to 31. Now, you all are familiar with this scripture, but it also deals with somebody who had to deal with something that they didn't know. So the reason I came up with this was because even though you might not know, you still have to deal with that which you don't know. So let's look at this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel, which was the angel, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, like many of you women would be Mary tried to think what the angel could mean don't be afraid Mary the angel told her for you have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus wow you're a virgin you have not even been with a man to be pregnant then an angel comes you don't know angels you don't see angels but one comes and tells you you're going to birth the savior of the world what a responsibility if we had a sign-up sheet in the vestibule that said sign up if you want to birth the savior of the world, I wonder how many people would fill that out. And the main reason you wouldn't fill it out is because you don't know how that's going to turn out. If you could know, I'm going to birth him. He's going to get to this age. He's going to heal this. He's going to take the little boy's lunch and feed 5,000 people. Then maybe you would sign up. But when you don't know, you back off. But like I said, the bridge between what I don't know and what I eventually learn is faith. So I feel like Mary had the faith to say, look, I'm kind of boxed in in this situation. I'm going to have to explain to my cousin Elizabeth how I got pregnant. I'm going to have to explain to Joseph how I got pregnant. I'm going to have to explain to the people in my village how I got pregnant. I don't know how I'm going to explain that, but I'm willing to go the steps to do it. Saints of God, that is my main point. Even if you don't know, you got to be willing to try some stuff that you don't know. I don't want to talk to those people in the farmer's market, but I knew I had to because they had facts that I had to deal with. So sometimes we have to deal with those facts that people have, and then you learn that it wasn't as bad bad as you thought how many people in here have stepped out on faith and found out it wasn't as tough or as bad as I thought it was gonna be and if I never did it I would never know I don't know but I'm glad he knows because that's where I get my strength 
do that which I couldn't do on my own. That's what Paul was talking about when he says, I'm glad I'm weak because his strength makes me stronger. He didn't know where he was going to get strength from, but he realized that not knowing is also giving me strength as well. Let's not know everything all the time. It's not always good to be smart. Smart is cool, but faith is better. Learning to trust in God that he's going to figure it out for you without your knowledge is sometimes better than you knowing. I know what I can do. I know what I can afford. I know what I can tolerate. I know what I can do. But sometimes something gets presented to Reverend Baysmore that I don't think I can handle. But my wife says, Eric, just do it and we'll figure it out. So I say, yes, honey. And I walk into it and I find out it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But I had to try. I had to try and try and get you knowledge because either you fail or you succeed. But at least, you know, the person who doesn't try never knows. But the person who tries in something that they have no knowledge of that they don't know, at least they know what they can do. You got to find out what can I do and what can I not do? Because that's how I'm going to learn how to move in life. But being scared to try stuff, being scared to go places, being scared to do things. And I'm speaking this because I'm talking to me as I'm talking to y'all. Because I'm the first partaker of this word. Because that's the way I operate. But I got to learn how to move outside the box. Try different things that Reverend Baysmore wouldn't like. And see don't God open up a door and pour out a blessing that I don't have room to receive because I was willing to try. You might not know, but your father knows. So for all of us, I ain't going to say y'all, for all of us who might be fearful, to do certain things, to try certain things. I bet you, just like the word says, test the Lord. See, don't he don't make a, a provision for you. At least you learn what you're made of. You can't be a soldier and never been in a war. You're just wearing the uniform. Talk to me, somebody. You just wearing the uniform. You're a soldier because you got battle wounds and battle scars and you got chinks in your armor, which proves I know how to fight. You might kill me, but you didn't do it yet. But I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I might not know. But I trust the process that he knows. And he's going to work it out for me. Our faith. Our conviction. Our triumph. That's our knowledge. If you don't know. Know that your faith. Your conviction and your triumph. Your ability to try. Whether you succeed or not. That's your knowledge. Forget your book smart. 
because I'm big on that. I, I got a lot of that. But it don't get me through certain battles that I need to get through. I've been checked by this woman so many times based on what I think I know. And then she brings a reality to me, reality to me that says, okay, Eric, but what about this? And I'm standing there stuck on stupid. You're so smart. So I know that that's not enough to know. So I don't mind not knowing. Because when I don't know, that means there's something God can pour in. It's almost like the glass half full. He can pour into you if there's room to pour into you. But if you think you know everything, there's no room in the glass to pour into. So I appreciate God because what I don't know and what I don't understand and what I don't get, he is there for me to make amends for it. He is the fulfiller of knowledge. Just like the book of Proverbs says, the beginning of knowledge is basically that you know nothing. So if you start with nothing, you got nothing but something to come in. If all you got is something, well, you stuck with nothing because you're full of something. I don't want to be full of something. I want to be full of nothing so that God can put the right something in me to make me something that ain't afraid of nothing. I'm done. But I wanted us to get the fact that it's okay if you don't know. You don't have to know. And in many cases, you shouldn't know. Because we are the saboteurs of our own fate most of the time. Because of what we think we know. So be cool with not knowing. Ask God for the knowledge. Get close with certain people that you trust to get knowledge. And trust the process that God will fulfill what you need. But the bridge to not knowing and knowing is faith. Increase it. I'm not trying to beg you or just Take small steps. You know what? I'm going to use faith for this. I could call auntie. I could call Ray Ray. But I'm not going to do that. I'm actually going to wait and see if God will come through. And this is a small thing. This ain't even a huge thing. But I got to exercise my faith so it can get stronger. You don't just become... All muscle by going to the gym one time? You got to exercise to get to that point. So start with a small thing. I got a little headache over here. I could take an Advil. Why don't I trust in my God? Why don't I see if he makes that bridge possible? Taking me from, I don't know if I should take Advil or pray to, oh, I know prayer works. I don't need Advil because I know prayer works. He will bridge the gap between not knowing and knowing through our faith. And I think that every minister, preacher, our senior pastor gets up here. That's all we're really trying to get and convey to all of us. Have faith when you don't know. Because there is no faith when you know. If you check your bank account, 
when you see the amount in there, that's not faith. That's knowledge. Faith is when you swipe the card, is it going to get declined or not? Talk to me. But that's what we got to work on more so. Not just relying on the knowledge we have, the people we have, the resources we have. What if I don't use none of that and I just say, God, I'm just going to use faith this time. This time, faith. Now time. Faith. As we did on Wednesday. Now time, maybe faith. Maybe trust. Maybe him. Maybe negating what I don't know. And having him bring me to the knowledge of what I need to know. Are y'all good? Thank you, saints of God. Praise God.